because obviously I don't know a lot of things about army posts. I, I just literally learned to say posts in that base. And now all of a sudden I'm confronted with all these other things. More on this in this episode of Stationed with Stories. Stationed with Stories. That's it. <gasps> All right, you are listening to Stationed with Stories. I am your host, Kalisha Hollis-Jesse. And before we get started, let me just let y'all know that these are my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts. And they do not represent or reflect the positions, opinions, or views of the U.S. Armed Forces in any way. All right, now that we have that out of the way, hi, peeps. Really excited to get started with you all again, okay? We are moving right along. I hope that you all have been enjoying the episodes. Check me out on social media if you have not already. Stationed underscore story, X and Instagram, okay? And then stationwithstories.com. You already know that's the website. If you have been on that, fantastic, okay? And of course, y'all, wherever you are listening to the podcast, give it all the stars. Mm-hmm. Share it. Sharing is caring. Follow the podcast, okay? Don't just get your little snippet here, little snippet there. Follow the podcast so that you get all of the good, juicy tidbits as they come. All right. Hope that you all enjoyed last week's episode, of course, with Chrissy Woods and her book. Make sure that you get the book. And y'all, I have had some fantastic guests. I mean, we're talking about authors. If you all remember last year, I had Shakia Demelian and her book, We Are a Family of Heroes. I've had fantastic podcasters, so check them out. And you can always look in the episode notes if you're curious and trying to figure out details. And I always link that in the notes. Okay, but you know what? Let's get into it, y'all. The book that I finished this past week has been on bestseller list for a while, okay? And it was a book that had a very interesting premise, okay? Or it is a book that has a very interesting premise. I am talking about Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. This book came out last year, 2022, okay? And my words are witty, sweet, zonal. Now, a little bit about the book. It is about a giant octopus and a 70-something-year-old woman and the unique bond that they form and a little bit more about her community and a relationship, another human relationship that she forms and how this all comes together, okay? And she's a woman who is mourning, mourning losses specifically and more centrally is the loss of her son many, many decades before, okay? And so All of this comes together in this book. I say witty because you, from the very first chapter, get a chance to hear from Marcellus. And Marcellus is the giant octopus. And it is fascinating to hear from the perspective of of an octopus. (laughs) I will have to tell you. I understood. I knew the premise. And so I wasn't shocked. But it was fascinating. It was fascinating to read about this story from the perspective of the octopus. And uh, it's it's lovely. Lovely, this giant Pacific octopus sharing all his wit, okay? And he is witty. Marcellus is very witty and he has a dry humor. He has a particularly 
low opinion of humans in general. And you learn a lot of interesting facts about octopuses. Octopuses? Yeah. As well. So there's that. It is witty, particularly because of this giant Pacific octopus and his opinions and his perspective. But there are some other characters, and I would say the style of writing is quite witty. Funny, dry, offbeat, very witty. Second word is sweet. It is a sweet story. And maybe, maybe because you have a protagonist who is, you know, in her 70s. And she is kind of headed toward this retirement, but doesn't really want to give up on interacting with people and working. And she takes her responsibilities very seriously, but she also, right, she's a sweet older lady. And who doesn't love sweet older ladies? And her personality, she greets all of these animals because she works in an aquarium. That's where she meets Marcellus, the giant Pacific octopus. She works in an aquarium and she greets all the animals when she comes in for her job. And she calls them deers. Oh, dears. And let me just tell y'all, I did listen to this book. You know how I like. If you've been with me, you know how I like to listen to my audiobooks. It's just, it's, it's just lovely when you also get someone who can read these books very well. And so it was lovely to get this kind of older lady voice in my ear as I was enjoying this book. It is very sweet for that reason. And then Zonal. I say Zonal because this book is really not just about people, but about place and being centered in Washington State, which is ironically enough where I live, the Puget Sound, this particular place, right? There's town, the little town that they're in, the idiosyncrasies of the people who live in that town. And, you know, even traveling down the coast, I really was drawn to this, this idea of being zonal, this idea of being zonal in and really about place as much as it is about people. And also the aquarium. The aquarium is an important figure, character almost, in this book. And I think that sometimes place is, is very, it takes up a big space in a novel. It's the place that it, it takes place in. So very zonal. Once again, the book is Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. My words were witty, sweet, zonal. Came out in 2022. Check it out if you so choose. All right, y'all, moving on to the topic of the day. Y'all, I went off base and on post. Let me just explain to you all what's been happening. Y'all, I have been traveling, going back home to see family, my husband's family, my family, friends. It has been a lovely time that my husband has been on leave, y'all. And and look, leave is fantastic. For those who don't really know what that means or maybe can guess it, but being on leave just means that you took your vacation time, okay, in the military. So my husband was on leave. We saw family and we got a chance to go to Fort Campbell in Clarksville, Tennessee. Now that's on the border of Tennessee, Kentucky. And it was, it was a revelation, y'all. Okay, it was a revelation to be on an army post. 
And I'm emphasizing post, y'all, because the first indication for me that I was about to learn a whole bunch of stuff was when I think it was my husband's grandfather corrected me or somebody corrected me. Maybe it's my mother-in-law. She And they said, oh, it's not a base. It's a post. Y'all, y'all, just little stuff, right? Station with stories. Y'all know that I'm still new to this thing. I am new to this thing. And there's just things when you're in a particular community, right? If you're Army, you're in the Army community, Navy, your Navy community, Air Force, your Air Force community, so on and so forth, right? And you are used to the lingo or you're getting used to the lingo. But nevertheless, there's so much more to learn. And y'all, I am specifically in the Navy community, if you don't already know. And so I've just had a time trying to figure out the Navy. I have not sat down and tried to figure out the Army. But here we are, y'all. I made the mistake of saying I was going to go on base. And they were like, no, you are going on post. There's... There's there's no base here, okay? There's only a post. So, you know, get me together. I'm all right to be corrected, okay? I'm okay with that. So I went on post, y'all. Not on base, not on these Navy bases anymore, y'all. I went on post. And I want to say maybe it wasn't the first time. It was not the first time that I've been on an Army post. And it was, I want to say, possibly the second time I've been on that specific Army post, but y'all, it was a revelation. Mm-hmm. Fort Campbell. So the first thing, like I said, I learned that I was not on base. I was on nobody's base, y'all. And I was humbled. And I'm still trying to work through that language to make sure I address very specifically and correctly the, the post versus the base, right? Okay, so there's that. But the, so the, the second thing, y'all, so we get on post or we're about to get on post and it looks like every other base, right? Naval base that I've been to. And then we get to the military police, the MP, right? And they check my husband's badge. They check the badges. And I found out in, the, in that little moment that they don't know necessarily what my husband's rank is. Or they, they might, okay? They might know. But they can definitely tell very quickly enlisted from someone who is an officer. So, and I was curious about that because what I did know before going on post is that the names of the ranks are different across military communities, right? If you don't know that, it's okay because most of us are just in our communities, right? And as we were going through, the man said, the military police said, army beats navy, go screaming eagles. And I was like, what? Well, what, what What? did he just say, y'all? It was so funny. And my husband kind of chuckled, so I knew that there was some kind of humor in there. So number one, he said Army beats Navy. He understood very quickly, obviously, that he was in the Navy. Or my husband's in the Navy, right? So he just, you know, a little jab there. Army beats Navy. But the other piece was that he said the Screaming Eagles thing. And I was like, Screaming Eagles? My husband was telling me that Screaming Eagles was basically kind of their saying, kind of the saying that they said on this particular post. And so, y'all, it got me to thinking, what is the history of this so-called Screaming Eagles? Is this like a mascot? Like, I don't think that any naval base I've gone to had a mascot. Like, what is this? Okay. And then what else do I not know about Army posts? Okay. 
because obviously I don't know a lot of things about army posts. I, I had just literally learned to say posts in that base. And now all of a sudden I'm confronted with all these other things, right? So y'all, I got to researching because I love some knowledge. You should love knowledge. We all should really love knowledge, y'all. And I found out that this particular post, Fort Campbell, it is the home of the 101st Airborne Division of the Army. And I was like, what does that mean? I learned that it's a light infantry division that specializes in air assault operations. So kind of like paratroopers and maybe other things. And I was like, okay, I kind of understand that maybe a little bit. But y'all, it got me to to thinking, I want to know a little bit more, y'all. So I was researching, and actually the USO website, you can dig through that or just kind of do a search, an internet search, and you can find out so much information. But specifically, okay, specifically about this base, apparently the whole Screaming Eagles thing that the guy said, and then I saw that, you know, there's a basically an insignia with a bald eagle that's on a black shield. You can see that on posts, right? You can see that all across posts, this little insignia. I saw Screaming Eagle somewhere else written. And then I found out that that particular image, it goes back to this eagle, this bald eagle, who was an honorary member of the Wisconsin Militia of the Union Army, okay? The eagle was named Old Abe, okay? Apparently, his owner brought him into battle, multiple battles, okay? And you can hear the eagle screaming in bat- battle. And that dates back to the Civil War, okay? The militia itself was started in 1942, specifically. And this was in Louisiana. That was fascinating, right? So you have the start of the 101st Airborne Division in 1942, but its mascot, quote unquote, it's not a mascot, okay? Don't don't come for me, okay? But right, this this insignia, this bald eagle on this black shield, that harkens back to the Civil War and this Union Army and this particular eagle named Old Abe. That was fascinating, y'all. So I'm digging. I'm digging. I want to learn more about the 101st Airborne division. And I learned y'all, now I'm from Arkansas. I was raised in Arkansas. And so I was in Little Rock, Arkansas, where, you know, I call home as well. And so this next fact really kind of perked my ears or my attention. And that's because this particular division, Airborne Division, 101st Airborne Division was sent to protect the Little Rock Nine. Now, if you remember the Little Rock Nine, they were the nine African-American students who desegregated Central High School in Little Rock, Arkansas. Y'all, that was fascinating. I'm like, okay, this this same division. And then the last thing I have for y'all is that maybe the most famous alum, quote-unquote, or veteran of the 101st Airborne Division was Jimi Hendrix himself. Mm-hmm. Fascinating, right? It's really interesting. He only served for about a year, and I have to look up why the short term, but, 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 he was honorably discharged, and that was his 
this division, right? He served there. So, so much to learn. Y'all, even more, I mean, we went around different places. There are so many services offered on this particular post. My husband, he knows a lot about the post. He showed me all the middle schools and high schools and showing me where certain things used to be that are not there anymore. He showed me the teen hangout spot and what it looks like now, the church that he used to go. So many things, y'all. It was a very interesting, fun experience to be on post. We went to the PX, which in my mind, okay, it's kind of like the little mall area and it is huge there on that particular post, really big post. And, you know, we just walked through the store, didn't really do much, but we just looked around y'all and it was an experience and it was really cool just researching about this particular post coming back because listen, I was off base. I was in new territory and uh, it was cool to learn a little bit more about the army and specifically the 101st Airborne Division there at Fort Campbell. All right, y'all moving on to the last topic of the podcast I'm excited to share with you another flash fiction piece, and this one is called The Facts of Life. There's a knock at my bedroom door, but my seven-year-old brother doesn't extend the courtesy of waiting for a reply, just swings the door open like an Old West saloon. The hinges screech and the door frame rebounds against my dresser, reverberations causing my Victoria's Secret body sprays to clatter and roll against each other until one decidedly rolls to the edge and slams into the carpeted floor with a light thud. I roll my eyes even though they remain shut. As a point of clarification, I haven't opened them all day. They haven't been opened since I rolled over into dreamland around midnight. The church bells down the street chime 7 a.m. My little brother clears his throat as though readying for a speech, but I am 16 years old, and 16-year-olds don't wake up at 7 a.m. on Saturdays. I don't want to be awake at 7 a.m. on a Saturday. Hello? Did you know that North American horned lizards can squirt blood from their eyes? Petey announces to his unwilling audience of one. I grunt noncommittally, which is clearly not enough for Petey because he clears his throat again. Harlow, he ventures. Voice lilted in a question mark like maybe something is wrong. Like maybe my cochlea is out of tune and I missed his very important proclamation. I'm still sleeping, Petey, I say. Lifting my blanket over my head. I feel a bit of guilt, but I try to shrug it off. I'll try to sleep it off. A soft hand taps my blanket-clad shoulder. Did you know that sheep sleep less than four hours per night? Petey ventures. I let out a loud groan. All I want to do is sleep. I am sleepy. It is Saturday. Why are little brothers so annoying? Cute, maybe, but annoying still. That's interesting, but I need you to go away right now because I'm trying to sleep. Tell me later, okay? 
but it's morning time, Petey counters. I don't answer him, and after a few seconds, I feel his weight sink into my mattress. He now rests his little body against my back, and my irritation rises. Something else, Petey begins, and I curse those little animal fat books he picked out after our last library visit. Something else I learned is that starfish do not have a brain. All these facts are interesting. True. But they're random. Freaking random. And he's not going anywhere anytime soon. And it's becoming harder to go back to sleep now that he's got me so wired up. Petey, I say, bolting up to a seated position. I blink my eyes into focus and stare directly into his brown eyes now widened in surprise. Get out now. I point to my door to make things clear. He twists his mouth into a pitiable pout. He crosses his hands across his chest and dips his chin. I just wanted to tell you what I learned. He stammers before slinking off the edge of my bed and stomping out of the room. I sigh, part relief and part shame. I didn't want it to come to this, but he just wouldn't leave me alone. Literally, the lament of any older sister you've ever met. He pulls my door closed with more force than necessary, but at least he got the point. I sink back into my pillows with a huff and allow myself a few minutes to get back into sleep mode. Just as I'm drifting off, that's when I smell it. The sweet smell of homemade waffles and bacon and eggs down the hall. I hop out of bed, suddenly, miraculously motivated, out of bed by a biting hunger that nothing but buttered waffles and syrup and cheesy eggs will satisfy. 16-year-olds don't get up at 7 a.m. on a Saturday, but if mom's cooking an early weekend breakfast... One might be inclined to exceptions. I reach for my door handle, except that when I twist and pull, it doesn't open. It jiggles a bit, but there's definitely something keeping my door from opening all the way. I try again, pulling harder this time, but the door once again opens just a sliver before slamming shut on itself. I narrow my eyes, confused. My door is clearly being held shut by something. It's like someone tied a rubber band around the exterior handle and then tethered it to the bathroom door handle across the hall. The soft footfall of my brother approaches and stops just on the other side of my door. One other thing that I learned, Petey says through a mouthful of what I presume to be Saturday morning breakfast, is that the early bird gets the worm. You didn't read that in your books, I say, voice muddled with incredulity. Nope, Petey admits. <laughs> but it's a useful fact, he says with a giggle before padding down towards the kitchen. I can't stand that little smarty pants.
All right, y'all, that is it for now. I hope that you enjoyed it. You know where to find me on social media, on the website. I already told you, share because that is how you show you care. And also follow the podcast. Definitely reach out to me. I love to hear your comments and your opinions about the show. It is such, such a pleasure to be with you all every Monday, and I will be back next Monday. This is Station with Stories, and I am your host, Kalisha Hollis-Jesse. Bye, peeps. Station with Stories. That's it.